Hey everybody, this is Daryl with AfterBuzz TV. I was recently looking to buy a car and thought to myself, there has to be a better way. It's such a stressful process. That's when my friend told me about a new way to buy a car. It's called TrueCar.com. At TrueCar.com, you can actually see what others pay for the car you're looking for in your area so you know when you're getting a great price. Because at TrueCar.com, you get a savings certificate, and you just take that savings certificate to a TrueCar.com certified dealer so you don't need to worry about the hassle and anxiety of the old way to buy a car. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,000 off the MSRP. So seriously, if you're ready to buy a car, why wouldn't you go to TrueCar.com? Negotiation-free guaranteed savings, a hassle-free experience, and a true car certified dealer that is committed to a new and better way to buy a car. Come on, save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show. Hey! <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, this is the Scandal After Show on After Buzz TV, guys. Here every week, live, usually at around the same time. This is <laughs> season three, episode fifteen. Mama said, "Knock you out," as you hear in the song. As always, your favorite gladiators are here, live in Hollywood. My name is Emilianis Jr., and I'm joined here with the beautiful. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley. And I'm Bam Erickson. So what we think of this episode, guys, I mean, they're really turning it up. I've been very pleased with the past four episodes. I felt like um, we're back to old scandal. I have not been disappointed. I don't think this is, for me, the old scandal was the whole weekly who did it, you know, the weekly scandals of who done it. Um, but, you know, they are utilizing all of the, the characters and, and doing all the storylines. And for me, again, this was this was classic, good, raw, gritty, primetime soap opera drama to me. And for me, it's good because there's there's so much that's going around. Like, I mean, come on. If this was like a very serious type show, right. there wouldn't be all this sleeping and fornicating and all this <laughs> other stuff that's going on. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that it was one of those good, primetime, juicy just all around good dirty soaps that we love to and you know engage in i i enjoyed it i was really pleased it was a little slow for for a minute there but like um like you said it's picking up mm-hmm. there were a lot of things going on in a lot of different ways and directions that it can go in so i'm happy i'm fine with it i enjoyed the episode what about you, Miss Sophia? I mean, I had OMG moments. I like got out of my chair. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was just so animated this entire show, and I was literally thinking to myself, "Twitter must be on fire, right?" right? And one of the amazing things I realized is, wouldn't it be great if you could actually meet who you tweet? 
for Scandal. Yes. Right? Meet who you tweet. Mm -hmm. But one of the absolutely amazing things here in the After Buzz studio is the number one rule in the After Buzz studio is you have to be a super fan. Right? And we have a very special guest today who is a super fan, just like many of you. And what she has done is she has created an event called Gladiators Unite where you actually get to meet who you tweet. So the people you talk to every single week about Scandal, you get to meet them. Her name is Josie. Some of you actually may know her as Outlaw Josie Wales. I made that up. Actually, her name is Outlaw Josie on Twitter, but she definitely is really a renegade and one of the original gladiators. And she is here in the After Buzz studio because she is a super fan of Scandal and a super fan of After Buzz TV. Josie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here and to finally meet you guys. You are all beautiful. And I'm just very happy to be here. What made you love Scandal enough to create a meetup? Well, I was watching it on, um, I saw the commercial and I was watching it on ABC.com because it came on the internet first before it was actually aired. So I watched it about 50 times (laughs) because I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I was in this state of mind and I was just like, ugh. And when I saw it, especially that Oval Office scene when he put that thump against that wall and said, look at me. I was like, oh my God, what is this? And it just put life into me. And so when um, I saw the third episode, they were starting to tweet with the fans, so I joined Twitter and I'm just talking to uh, people. But before that, I was actually talking to this girl on the computer through ABC.com and she said, well, we need to ship them. I said, what do you mean, ship? And she said, you know, put the names together. So I said, hmm, Olivia Fitz. And so I started Olitz. I was like the hashtag queen. I was known as the hashtag queen. Uh, Scandal moments. I love Candy Cane. Um, ABC Scandal fans, we all became friends right away. And then we just started tweeting about it. And I asked some people in New York, did they want to meet? So uh, Gladiate Harlem, who's now Coffee Light and Sweet, she and I met up at the first meetup with uh, Marjorie. And the next week, several other people came. And then it became 15 people at one time. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love doing this. I love meeting people and talking about this show. We would sit there for three or four hours in this restaurant, a French restaurant I used to go to. I said, man, we should do this on another level. So I talked to several people, and we got it going, and in New York City, Memorial Day weekend, we had 175 people from front 29 states and five countries come, wow. never had met, and it was like we just had a great time, and the photos you're showing now is when I met Carrie and Tony at the first uh, GMA, and um, I gave Tony an inauguration pin, and when I told him I was outlaw Josie, they both went crazy. <laughs> Carrie had already walked past me, but when she heard me say outlaw Josie, she turned around. Oh, my God, you're outlaw Josie. She said, oh, my God, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing, because we had promoted it so much for season one. That's one of the main reasons why they had the season two is because of several of us who had started all these things on Twitter and I was so happy to get a picture with my Tony, my boo. <laughs> How many have you almost met almost everyone on the I've cast met and crew? Everyone except for um Harrison. Um Columbus Short. Columbus Short. So that's Shonda and I. 
and that's Lynn Paolo and I, Judy Smith, Betsy Beers. We were at, it was my birthday. I was 52 at that party, wow. and it was Lynn's birthday at the Saks on Scandal in New York City. So that was that night, and Shonda was just so thankful for what I was doing. She said, you just don't know what that meant to me. When we tweeted out the photo of the people in New York, she was very grace, grateful, and so was Betsy. And they was just like, oh, my God, you're outlaw Josie. And I go, yeah, I'm outlaw Josie. <laughs> wow. And so who of the cast have you met? You've also met, you said you met Guillermo Diaz. Guillermo and Katie and um, Scott Foley, and there's Darby Stanchville. And I love my huck. I called him my huck-a-bear. <laughs> I might have to fight you over that one. No, huck is my huck. <laughs> so that's all of us that same night. And, of course, Carrie, I didn't get a picture with her that night, but she looked over and she goes, hi, and she knew it was my birthday, but she had to go to another uh, section of sacks that night. They were just scooting her in, so... Um, she waved at me, and uh, it was really nice. So, so for those of you out there in, in the in the AfterBuzz universe who are not aware, Saks Fifth Avenue basically did an installation, I think that would be the appropriate word, right. and it was curated by Kerry Washington. Correct. So as a lot of you guys know, that the fashion on Scandal is in essence a character. And so basically they were recognizing that, and Kerry curated an installation at Saks Fifth Avenue in New York, as well as one here um, in Beverly Hills, yes. um, and that is what Josie is referring to. Yes. That actually Really opening night. Nice. It was beautiful. We had a great time, and I was very thankful for that. It was a great birthday present. So give everyone out there in the AfterBuzz universe the information for the second annual meetup that is going to be happening here in Los Angeles in August. That's correct. Uh, we hope that most of Northern California and Southern California will come out August 1st through the 6th at the Beverly Garland Hotel we're going to have a great time. We have people coming from more countries. We have Netherlands this year, oh, Canada. Wow. We had them last year. The people from Africa, Paris, France, everywhere. About 29 to 30 states are coming. We're very excited about it. And more people who didn't come to New York are coming to the L.A. meetup. And you guys are going to be there. I'm so <laughs> excited. And we have men on Scandal coming. If anyone watches him, Kev on stage, the guy who does the cartoons, he's coming. And we just hope everyone will go to the website, www.gladiatorsunite.com, to register. The deadline is Tuesday, April 1st. And we're hoping that people will just get out of their comfort zone. Come meet who you tweet. Just you want to do something with your friends, just come on out and meet us and have a great time. Oh, my God. Well, thank you so much, Outlaw Josie, for coming to the AfterBuzz TV studio. We I'm know so you excited. from the very, very beginning tweeting I with know. you. You are a original gladiator. So thank you so much for taking the time to I'm come to the AfterBuzz TV here. studio. And thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. you. So thank nice you for you. coming. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much, Outlaw Josie. Now we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Tuesdays on Oxygen. I'm Maria Menounos, and my life can get a little crazy. I host Extra. I'm an actor, producer, dancer, wrestler, and a lot of other things. I live with Kevin, my boyfriend of 15 years. Do you really love me? I would say that I'm in serious like. And my parents. Yep. 
I just said I live with my parents. You drive me crazy. You drive me crazy. My parents want us to get married. You both love each other. Get married. Kevin and I don't. I am going to get married when I want to get married. I think I want kids. Kevin definitely doesn't want them now. This is being pushed on to us. And of course, my parents wanted them yesterday. This year, you got to have it. And I have a house full of people counting on me financially. If I take my eye off the ball, everything can fall apart. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or wants us to do. It's what we want to do. Everyone thinks that they know what's best for me, but I'm really the only one. I have got to figure things out. Chasing Maria Menounos is so new. Every Tuesday at 10, 9 central, starting March 18th, only on Oxygen. <laughs> All right, guys, if you haven't watched Jason Reeves, it's actually a really good show, so check it out. Um, but we want to talk about Scandal tonight, so let's go ahead and talk about this action-packed episode. Um, so we're going to start with what we like to call the interview. We've been talking about Fitz kids for a long time, or Fitz and Melly's children, but we've yet to see them <laughs> until this episode. We've seen um, little boy Teddy. Mm-hmm, That's named Teddy, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen any of the other kids. And finally, we meet uh, Karen and Jerry. Interesting, mm. Jerry. There would have been no way. Can I just interject? I'm sorry. <laughs> there would have been no way that I would have allowed my husband to name our child after his rapist father. There is. I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I know she's keeping a secret. I know she has sacrificed everything. But so every second that you have to look at this child that potentially could actually be. Fitz's father's child that you then named him Jerry? But whose idea was it? And we can, just real quick, both of them hated him. Exactly. They both hated him. Yeah. So whose decision was it to... Did Jerry come in there and No, remember it was Fitz. Because remember Fitz said, Fitz said, right before when they found out that they were pregnant, right, when she wasn't drinking the wine, he was like, oh, my dad's probably going to want us to name him Jerry. Get out of here, Jerry. Alright. Well, that's a no-go. I don't know why that happened, but we see the dynamic between, or we saw in the past episodes, the dynamic between Fitz and his father. So it's nice seeing the dynamic between Fitz and his children now and what kind of father he is. He's not that great of a father. Um, <laughs> just to be honest, I don't know what I was expecting. I really don't know what I was expecting, but um, yeah, he's really not that great of a father. We see that, you know, I thought, I had some awkward family dinners, but that dinner was awkward. Like, Millie had to prep him in order to deal with the dinner. Like, so you know your daughter was in a play. What was the name of the play again? Oh, and your son's doing lacrosse. It was just awkward. I know he's a president and everything, but still, like, the way you see Obama with um, his children, Sasha and and Millie, like, I don't know. But we don't know what goes on when those cameras aren't on. True. So we have this idea that they're a good family. But you got to take all, take all of that off the table. If you had two teenagers, because they're not like kids. Kids right. are a little more like, oh, yay, mommy, daddy, whatever. <laughs> but teenagers, they have their own lives. They want to do their own things, especially when, you know, they're mature and sophisticated and have ideas of their own that they want to pursue. Put that at the table with your parents who you haven't seen and you really don't kick it with. It's gonna be a problem. No, I, I I agree with you, but not in 2014, right? And I could get it wrong, so let me know on Twitter. Um, I used to live in in the District of Columbia, so I think that Malia and Sasha, as well as um um Karen and Jerry. no um Hillary Clinton's Chelsea, oh, Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. I think they went to Sidley Friends. Mm-hmm, That's do. a private school in the district. It seems as if from the storyline that they're at boarding school, mm-hmm. or they're definitely somewhere away. So you're telling me in 2014 you don't text your kids. You don't send them a Facebook message. I'm a maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I'm a grown up, and my mom lives three thousand miles away. 
I talk to her and text her every day. Every Thursday, she says, have a good show, Gladiator. But your mom, you I mean, like your mom. I mean, true, <laughs> but you get where I'm going with it? Yeah. It's like yeah. there's there's a connection that you should have. And more importantly, I was surprised that it was Melly who was aware of what was going on and not fit. So it seemed like that was the first time I actually saw Melly as a mom. More so than even with Teddy. But she, remember, but remember, gosh, I can't remember what episode it was, but when Melly canceled the trips and she was like, true. because they don't want to see you. So yeah. Melly, Melly is aware of that. But yeah, the kids are in boarding school and I don't, I don't think 2014 really has anything to do with it. If you ship your kids away to boarding school and it appears based off the, you know, from the three seasons that we've been watching Scando that there's been only mention of them. I think I could say maybe two or three episodes out of the how many episodes that we've had in three seasons? There's been no mention of the kids, which pretty much shows that there is a huge disconnect between between the parents and the kids because they're shipped off to boarding school, and so there's never any visitation. They don't ever come. So I was expecting for it to be bad blood from the kids because there comes a point um, with a teenager um, if there's no connect with the between the between the the kids and the parents. The kids are basically going to be like, F it, um, I'm done. And they're going to have those kind of bratty attitudes that they have because it seems that it seems that there's no connection. Like you said, there's no text, there's no anything. So I pretty much expected to see that happen. I agree with them. But Even the if po- they weren't at boarding school, some, pe- some kids don't like their parents, especially when you got a dad who doesn't know how to be a dad from what we see. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not common for people to not like their parents. Like but, to, not, to, but enough to wear a Reston for president t-shirt. Yeah, that was, yeah, that like, was are you cold. kidding? That was like, hilarious. There's a difference between like you're a little teenage brat and you're having issues with your parents. But not only do you start a Twitter account like I hate President Grant and you're his son, but you were planning on national live television to wear a t-shirt for his opponent. That's a different level of maliciousness. But uh, but also, but also, let me just say this: dealing, you know, my background and having kids and then working with kids. A lot of times, teenagers do things to get attention. If dad or mom is not paying me any attention, I'm going to do the the craziest far off thing. I'm going to cut my hair. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do. Well, this is this is the 21st century. This happens where before parents would say you're going to do something and then you just listen. But I'm I'm saying, (laughs) well, I'm saying it happens. I'm like I'm a grown up, and my mom would still snatch me from out of this studio. I agree. And take into consideration these are rich kids. These are entitled kids. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different. He's at a boarding school. His dad is all over the news for having an affair. So people at school like, ha ha, you're that nasty. You know what I mean? So he's like, I'm going to wear this t-shirt, which was hilarious right. again. Mm-hmm. But like you said, and I, I'm done after this with this one. <laughs> if that were me, my mama would have whooped me like Rocky did, Tommy Gunn, <laughs> and Rocky Five in the street. Like, but, I would have been destroyed. Again, she I agree. She would have whooped me. I agree with that, but also... Your mother probably would have found out what you were doing long before, and what two hours before, two hours, two hours, two hours before the interview. Your mother would have found out probably a lot earlier. It took. How is how, how long has he had this account? How long is he? He's well, just, they wouldn't he, have even known about the account unless Olivia got suspicious saying my, what's wrong with the child. So. That's my point. They're so oblivious. But this yeah. is this is a thing too, though, and and I love I love the writing on this show because I think it's so realistic of how 
normal human beings make stupid decisions. So you really think that you send your kids off to boarding school. There's nothing wrong with sending your kids to boarding school, but obviously you're not connected with them. Mm-hmm. There's a scandal where you are caught or, or you admitted on national television that you slept with someone random. Let's just be real. Because right. the person you admitted to sleeping with, that's random. Right. And then you want to bring in your children for a press-up? And you think it's going to be okay? And you don't really talk to them about it? And to me, the entire way that they set up the dinner, who has dinner with their parents over candlelight? Right. Do you know what I mean? I don't care how much money you have. That just seemed... You, well, no, I mean, well, they, I, I'd want lamb. Yeah, Sorry. They, I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, we in the White uh, House. I'm, they're, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know they're pretty to the finest. Exactly. <laughs> However, <laughs> I still I still think there's a certain aspect of the finest. candlelight that that seemed forced. Right. And that's what kept, because even, even the nature of the table, that's why formal dinners have a formal dinner table, because the space prevents intimacy. So I really liked how they set that up, because I felt they were leading you somewhere. I didn't know that they were going to lead us to... Jerry wearing a t-shirt and Karen walking in on her mom. Let's talk about this because first Melly and Andrew just really got to it this episode. Like they had no holds barred. Like they're just really getting to it. Oh, you like my hand there? What about there? Like just going for it. And then... But also how he basically made her... Let me stop. I don't think I can do (laughs) I like both. But like... This episode, so we started there and I'm like, okay, so they're just getting to it now. But then um, when we had the scene... Where Olivia's talking to the kids and she's trying to prep them. They're not having it. Karen leaves and then all of a sudden, because we have to rewind because we missed it at first because mm-hmm. she said, Karen, and we didn't know what would happen. So we rewind and then we see that Karen actually caught the mom or Melly. She's leaving and then Olivia sees and like Melly's all disheveled and trying to get. But again, though. This was the second time because mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. added on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, Melly is the in wood heat. must be like, good. Because <laughs> I'm like, yo, and literally, it couldn't have been that much time that has lasted. No, right? It no. had to be only like an hour. Yeah, like, but, know, let's, max. but let's let's back up. Melly the last time freak. that the last time that Melly's had any kind of sexual tete-a-tete with Fitz was um, in the shower yeah, when, he was, when he was. How long ago was that? That was a long time. So also, that was not reciprocated. Right. Not to, and I hope everyone on watching is a grown up. Mm-hmm. But no, think about it. That wasn't reciprocated. No, it so wasn't. she she didn't yeah. get anything. She didn't get right. anything. But she got that oh, was a, that's the last well, time that we yeah yeah. She's too adult and according for me. to <laughs> too adult according for me. to Karen, <laughs> she didn't get nothing this time either. So oh, you know what I mean. So Mama, I caught you on your knees, second <laughs> Uncle Andrew. Like it was. This is like. I can't. This is too grown up for me. <laughs> I mean, they. We, I mean, what do you want us to do? The whole episode was sex. No, <laughs> like, really, 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 everyone, everyone was getting it on. But I think that also too, there's something also to be said about not only the nature of messiness, but obviously the nature of like she was literally getting it on with Andrew right in the residential section, right? Because they're not in the offices, right? So you don't know that Fitz is literally in the other room. At this point, I don't think she gives a damn. Like, she finally has, despite whatever her reasons, the disconnect between between Melly and Fitz, she... How... Have you guys ever had a moment where you finally have a connection with someone? There's a there's that early stages where sometimes you just don't give a damn because you're happy, you're just kind of going through About the motions. yourself, though. But I understand that, but... 
she's having a moment. So when you're having when you're having moments and you're having that whole that whole little the, the little Happy, giggly moments yeah. and looking like she said to she said to Uncle Charlie that uh, Andrew. the Andrew the kids she said the kids are <laughs> my, my, she said my kids are here and he says well I don't see the kids and then there was that connection. Well, Listen, it's actually, been a long time. Let's she, actually she let's actually just real quick talk about Andrew. There's a certain aspect, and we'll get into it more with Olivia and what Olivia's mom said to her, but there's a certain aspect that I don't actually blame Olivia. I blame other people for allowing Olivia to dictate what they should do. So in my mind, if Andrew was really trying to articulate that this isn't some, like, affair or this isn't literally simply about sleeping with Melly, that he actually cares about her, then go get your woman, right? Because at the end of the day, you slept with a married woman in her husband's house, professionally and personally, and you're his running mate, and you, you're just going to let her be in that scenario and not kind of, not necessarily stake your claim, but even just say, like, are you okay? Like, do you need me? Because that could literally, in a different type of a show, have been a completely different scenario. Mm-hmm. Instead of basically Olivia saying, oh, well, you have to go on the campaign trail, and him going, um, okay. Right. Yeah, I, I, felt, I felt he should have told Liv, to take your ass and get out of my way or move her to the side and go see about his his woman. Do you guys think that Olivia, she was in an awkward position where she was, I don't know, playing, you know, the grandmother. She was playing that one who was trying to fix everything. Do you feel I mean, that, I think that's what her mom was yeah, trying to yeah, allude to, but yeah. go ahead. Do you, do you feel that Olivia, she was out of pocket? She should have stayed out of it? Should she, she, she just said, or she... Wait, I, out of the whole Melly Andrew situation? The whole the, the whole thing. She was trying to fix the kids. I don't she think was so, try- because that's, like she said, the end up, so that's her job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all she has right now. She's doing her job, even though we talk about her all the time for, you know, messing with fits and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at this moment, she's doing her job, so if she doesn't do it, then who's going to fix it? Because she is the fixer. And they set the tone for this. You got to remember, she was brought in in the the beginning Mm -hmm. to fix their relationship. Mm -hmm. So to her, that's what she does. It needs fixing. I got to help y'all put the pieces together because y'all obviously can't put the pieces together. But the the bad part about it is when lines get blurred, you don't know when to step off and you don't know when to step up. Mm -hmm. And when they were having that conversation in the room, when she came in, that was the time where she she should have stepped off. Especially since she was, especially since she was listening, because we there was it gave the illusion that she was basically had her ear to the door. Yeah, and so since she's so used to doing that, that was at that moment where she should have just fell back and let them have it out, and then her coming in. But to come right in the middle of the argument, like guys, 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 I have a question. I have a question. Would we feel the same way if her and Fitz had never slept together? Let's assume she's just a normal fixer, and there was never an OLED. Would she have been wrong for interjecting at that moment? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. I think so. Okay. Because about, even still, you gotta let you gotta when married people are having it's like family business stays in the family. When two people are having a discussion about their marriage, you just said, but you just said that she actually was introduced as a fixer to fix their marital relationship because a marriage and the perception of a marriage is such an important aspect of the political facade. Mm-hmm. So that but is part of her job. But right? when she, yeah, but when she was brought in at that point. She was brought in specifically for that where, to the point where they couldn't work it out. She don't know of when they were having this discussion if they were going to work it out or what the conclusion was I don't be. think I don't think she was she wrong because in this moment, though, like, um, I forgot who she was talking to, but it's more at stake than just their marriage in this moment because they have this huge interview that's about to happen. If they don't go on air on time, the reporter already said, 
I'm gonna have to go on regardless. So I get that, but you have to you have to use good judgment. I think when, she used good judgment because I don't, when she walked I, in. But I don't think she used good I don't think she used good judgment because like I said, she was outside, she was listening to the conversation. When when certain people are having conversations That conversation could have gone on forever though. If we're truly thinking about all the issues that Melly and Fitz have, that conversation could have never ended. They have so many issues that they have yet to discuss and have this on top of all the other issues they have. That could have just kept going. I know like Fitz was pressuring her. We see that Melly was not buckling under pressure. She wasn't going to say that she was raped so she could have just sat there stammering no she was about to i don't think she was see this is funny thing is i actually think she was about to Mm -hmm. however i don't think that olivia was wrong i i literally think that that's her job her job is to eavesdrop her job is to listen her job is to fix everything there is nothing that is off limits or else she wouldn't be olivia pope she'd be that other fixer that other she'd be a leo and even think about it leo cleaned up a murder of the vice president's husband i feel like that's part of her job and i think that we view it a little bit differently because it's messy. And if anything, I think Olivia second guesses herself because it's a little bit messy. And that's why I think she had to say, no, I'm here. I'm like you saying, oh, I have to talk to my wife is irrelevant because I'm here to do my job. And at the end of the day, when Cyrus was like, sorry, Olivia, you, Olivia Pope, can work through the pain. That's exactly what she needed to do. Well, so, kept, that, she didn't she didn't fix it. But does, but does that mean that she doesn't give them a chance to work it out on their own? And... She sh- my thing is, even if she shouldn't have walked in or if she should have, for the sake of her knowing the backstory of their relationship, she should have stayed outside <laughs> so she continued to listen to see what he was going to say. Because she yes. didn't know that. Yes. All that stuff. We're like, yo, we right. didn't know this. Yeah. Ten years, I would have been out there with the, cup, with the glass <laughs> yeah. cup against the door yeah. like you see on the cartoons, and I would have been listening to everything that, to find out what really happened. I think but that's, I think, part of the reason I'm going to talk about the opposite out of my mouth. Actually, go ahead, Emil. I was going to say I agree with all of you, and you are hilarious. But... When you said she didn't fix it, she did fix it, though, because Olivia's job isn't really to truly fix their marriage. Olivia's job is to fix their marriage for the public's yeah, view perception. of their marriage. Yeah, It's not for their actual marriage. Olivia gives two shits, or no, she wouldn't be sleeping with Fitz. No, Fix fix that. No, she she's not. That's no, not but her she's job, the one. Well, she's the one who went into Fitz to fix it. Fitz right. was sitting in the, in his in his office all by himself. Melly was in a room by herself. By her going, I'm here to do my job, and basically saying to him, "This is all that I have." And if you don't do the interview, then I basically am not doing my job, and it's all that I have. She basically was using that half like, if you care about me mm-hmm. and you want me to have anything of value, you will go in there and you will fix it. And then that's exactly what he did. However, I think that for the exact reason that you were saying, Cornelia the air against the door, that's partly why she walked in. Because yeah, you're thinking nice. to yourself at the end of the day, Melly is to blame. Melly's an ice queen, she's a harpy, all these various things. Technically, this was the first time we heard that Fitz said to his wife, I would have never been open to allow Olivia into my life if you had not for 10 years. Basically, we stopped having a marital um, relationship. Literally and figurative, figuratively and spiritually. 10 years we can move on but I would have been on the first thing smoking out of there 10 years I can't clearly we still have a lot to discuss with this topic but we are going to move on but before we do we cannot talk about iTunes or not forget to talk about iTunes and YouTube guys you blew it up on YouTube (laughs) especially I haven't seen the iTunes number but I'm assuming you guys did it there too Bam sent me some figures um, a couple of days ago so I think it was two weeks ago. That episode is already over sixteen thousand views. 
this very last week's episode is already over 13,000 views on YouTube. Tons of comments and likes. So, guys, just keep sharing, doing whatever you're doing, because clearly you're doing something right. Um, and keep sharing, commenting, liking. We do read your comments. And everybody who was leaving comments last week, thank you so much for your support. Um, on iTunes, thank you so much. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and share. You know, even though this show has such a large fan base, you can never share enough. For us to have 15,000 views in this show, to have such a huge following and fan base that it has, we should have way more. So, guys, make sure you share and don't just assume that people know about us because they don't. Um, and, yeah, we're here every week. This will be on YouTube and iTunes tomorrow, and we love you. Perfect. Um, so let's talk about B613. I still don't agree with <laughs> Olivia trying to take down B613, and I have to fast forward because... We saw in the preview uh, that Jake's knocking her door or something. Somebody said, I think it was you, Sophia. Me. Why didn't she have a gun yet? And I said, in, in rebuttal, that I'm just saying, like, why doesn't she have a gun when B613 is at her door in all these situations that she's dealt with so many times? Like, I just don't understand. She's going after B613. Not only why doesn't she have a gun, why doesn't she have somebody staying with her? Why doesn't she have more than just a lock on the door? Like, it's just so many holes. I don't get it. And I, I, it was the moment when she was called her dad, um... Asking, you know, can you help with telling me where they're being funded? No, Dad actually called. Yeah, she, he's, Bam's right. Dad he called. called and basically said, "Stop, stop." Oh looking. yeah, he did. He did. If Jake has been removed from his position, how does he still have car service? You mean Rowan? Yes, because he works for the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. The Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, because think about it, and that, and I think also too, and no, I won't get into it too much, but that dichotomy of his, the Eli Rowan. Is so scary to me because he so slides into it so much. Because so you convincing. notice, even when he was initially talking to Jake, he was basically talking as Eli. At first, he was like, "Oh no, I have to talk about the ox." Like, it's like do 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 do, and then you feel it building, and then finally, it's like, bam, mm-hmm. and it's Rowan. And it's what he does is what Olivia tries to do with Jake doing the fake boyfriend thing. Except you don't want to do that with Rowan. You better let him talk about Smithsonian and keep it pushing, buddy. But what I do like about that conversation with Liv and her dad is he's letting down his daddy guard uh, this episode. He's... he's um, Wait, for the first conversation or the second conversation? The second conversation okay. with, with him in the car. He's, he's, being, he's slowly but surely being a father. Um, normally he's very cold he's all about his job he's about his business and he's not really giving much information but he basically in the best way he could for a dad he warned her not to do what she did rather than just hang up the phone and say live stop he gave exa- he gave explicit uh examples and reasons of what her people was but trying why? to do. Yeah. But why? I guess because this this is my thing is I think there's a big difference between the first conversation and the second conversation. Mm-hmm. The first conversation to me was normal Rowan and arguably I would say that every single conversation he has had with Liv has actually been had as a father because otherwise he would literally not care. Right? It's just that the tone is something that we're not used to and I think that that's endemic of this entire show of showing how relationships and love and caring isn't in the pre-packaged cookie cutter way that we are used to seeing it that in essence it's actually not a fairy tale or arguably it actually is a fairy tale because if anyone knows the original Grimm's it actually wasn't nice Mm -hmm. it wasn't pretty and it was actually more of a horror story to scare little children not to make them feel like ooh everything is nice and rosy now the latter conversation when he basically was like oh the funny the funding isn't coming from one department it's coming from all departments i feel like that was somewhat 
instigated by Jake. Yes. Like, at that moment, he was like, I can't believe that this beep, 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 beep has the audacity to come in my other workplace and tell me about anything. So then it was kind of like, okay, you know what? I'm picking sides. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, if I am going to pick sides, I'm going to pick sides with family. Because I know my daughter, and I know her tenacity, and I know how persistent she is. So at the end of the day, she's not going to stop, so I might as well help her. Because I need to help her as her father, and I need to help her because now Jake has really gotten on my nerves. Yeah. I agree with that. But what do you guys think about the conversation that Jake had with Fitz? Because when he went in there, he basically, I mean, he pretty much said it. He called Fitz a bitch. And said, <laughs> I mean, he did. And he said that, you know, I'm command, you're commander in chief, but all you do is pose and take pictures. It kind of reminded me of uh, the yep. way they show a uh, vice president on House of Cards. Just, <laughs> and it was, just for show. Like, he doesn't do anything going around, oh, here I am, not really doing anything, you know? And it was the same kind of the same similar conversation that Rowan had with Fitz when he was down in lockup. With the you are yeah. a boy, I you know you are a boy, you are a boy. Mm-hmm. Fitz always gets himself in these situations where he's blindsided by the information. You put Jake into you put him at, as the head of command, and and it seems like in Fitz's mind it was because he thought, yeah, that's my homeboy. Well, kind of, and I can control him. I can watch you, so I'm going to put you in charge, so I can have a hand on it. Not really taking into account what the head of command actually has to do. Right. Like, nobody is really considering what Jake is going to have to do. So, by the end of this, he's going to be completely turned into this cold to dark heart. So, Fitz, I, I didn't feel bad for Fitz at all. Mm. I was, you know, I was like, oh, well, my the issue that I had, though, was the Cyrus scene. While it was very tough to watch and I felt really bad for Cyrus... The entire time that he was having this flip out, I kept thinking, but you were going to kill him in broad daylight. Right. So, and you initially told Jake to handle it knowing that your husband was at the center of it. So, you're hurt when it's convenient for you and you're pissed off mm. at Jake when it's convenient for you. What? I, so, I, what... What is it going to be, And I Cyrus? totally agree with you, but that's why, at the end of the day, Cyrus, as I've actually said with Melly, is actually one of the most transparent people because he quickly then gets a hold of his emotion and he says exactly what you just said, right? The difference is, from a purely a guttural perspective, you literally just buried your husband. It's, you're just initially back at work, and all of a sudden you hear someone yelling at your president, right? And again, just like... um um um. James said that's his other boyfriend mm-hmm. or his first boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So someone's yelling at your boyfriend and you and you realize it's Jake. It's too much to handle. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's the pure emotion of it that regardless of the intellectual side or the rational side of you, you almost have to do that. However, I respect him because he so quickly then says, well, this happened and this happened and this happened. And it was basically partly my fault. And Jake is just doing his job. Mm-hmm. And which and, is also why. Go ahead. And he basically is saying, if I had to choose, no matter how hard it is for me to say this, if James hadn't died, we would have all been exposed. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to sacrifice one for the many. And even though I know it hurts, I probably would have chosen 
to sacrifice him. Yeah. So Jake was just doing his job. Yeah, and Cyrus stormed in there. Jake put him in that sleeper hole. <laughs> but did he hold him for a little bit too long? That's yeah. when you know he's becoming dark. He's hard. becoming dark. Hard, but some, but it, to me, it was like, well, he he's teaching this. It's like that old man. You got to teach the old man a lesson. He put him in like the like the wrestling WWE movie. <laughs> right. He held it like he looked him in the eye and pretty much was saying, "Old oh, man, you oh, better yeah. watch right. it." Let him go, and I'm sorry for your loss. Jake is cold. But listen, we were complaining that he was not doing his job a couple (laughs) weeks ago. The man is doing his job. What else is he supposed to do? Oh, no, I'm not mad at him. Okay, I don't have a problem with Jake, but this is my only thing is. I cannot decide if he's literally that cold or if he's a little naive. Because, so, nobody can just pop you? No, but seriously, do you know what I mean? The fact, because as far as I know, and I could be wrong, and, and granted, obviously, the president knows he's command, but a certain aspect of command was the fact that you didn't know that Eli slash Rowan was command. Right, right. Jake is walking around basically to everyone. I'm command. I'm <laughs> command. I'm command. Well, then part of me is like, all right, cool, then. We need to take down B613. First thing we do is take yeah, out command. Right. right. Do you know what I mean? So, and I'm, I'm, I'm being a little bit flip and, and a little bit kind of being funny, but I really do mean it. So, yes, I don't have a problem with Jake, but I do have a problem where, in the same point, that I feel like he's putting a huge target on his head. That part of me is like, okay, someone has to at least flick it a and little bit. Do you bit. think, though, in that moment, this is just going back to the scene with Ron, do you think in that moment, when Rowan said, you know, we know what you really came here for, and he gave him that long talk, mm-hmm. do you think that's what he actually came there for to find somebody to talk to about or feel like he wasn't so alone? I I think yes and no. I think there's a part of Jake that hates Rowan, but then there's a, another part where he's coming to him, he's almost like a mentor. Like the advice that he did give him, like although Jake may have came in for what other, for a different motive, Eli recognizes that and basically schooled him on what he needed to be schooled. I think he took it in for a minute and then he went back to what his original purpose was. Because if you looked at the close-up shot of him, if you look at his eyes, there's something about Jake's presence where he's about his job and he's about his business. But that conversation, I think it affected Rowan just as much as it affected Jake. Because everything he was saying to Jake, like, you have no one, all this stuff... That pretty much is you as well, Rowan, mm-hmm. because your daughter wasn't fooling with you either. At one point, she wasn't talking to you. Your wife, you you had her in, in, in the whole doing God knows what, chewing her wrist. He, to me, that conversation with Jake, but on top of him feeling spite for Jake and then calling Olivia and saying, you know what, kind of like, I'm going to help you. To me, I took it as. You don't have nobody but her, so now call her because and be your father, or you're going to be the same thing that you told Jake that he was going to be. So mm-hmm. I took it two ways, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no the only last thing is, um, command, the the position command from B613, when they say retire, should actually be retired. I actually, I like the storyline, and maybe I watch way too many spy movies, but you shouldn't allow former command to walk around. That's stupid. Right. It's true. And that pop, pop. he got fired, not that he got, like, old and, and like, actually retired? No. That doesn't make sense. But um, as far as B613 goes, you know, we have an interesting storyline going on with some of the agents. We've seen Quinn and Charlie <laughs> got together a couple weeks ago. <laughs> hey, drill now. 
And then um, last week we had a very interesting scene with Quinn and Huck. This week, that continued again. Uh, Quinn and Charlie were talking about, you know, or Charlie was interested and very adamant trying to find out what really happened, why Huck was there, what he asked. And he called her out. Basically, she said, oh, no, I was shoved against the wall. And then we argued. Oh, no, I was argued. And then we shoved. My problem with Quinn is know who you lay up with. And I say that because when he was questioning her, and this is nothing, no disrespect to women, but... No, here it comes. You, it's like as, no shade in there. No shade, as, right? As 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 a man, <laughs> you can you can I, you obviously knew that Quinn was lying because she was on the defense and she didn't want to answer questions. If you reverse it, we we do the same thing. When women charge at us about certain questions, we do the same thing. So it was obvious obvious that that Quinn was lying. And then on top of that, the 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 profession that Charlie's in, lying to him, is only going to make him think in the back of his mind or do something that's already psychotic and crazy. He's going to question you a little bit, but, you know, he'll let you say what you have to say. And then in the back of his mind, Charlie could have been in the bushes somewhere watching Quinn and Huck. That's um, what I whispered you know, to Delia you know, when we were watching. You know, get it on. So you have to let, you have to watch who you sleep with because now that he's he moved into the house. Where's that? He, and he it, probably it, had yeah. cameras in that. Like, we don't. Charlie is Char- just, he a stalker. Right. How, I, no, I completely agree with you, regardless of gender. However, I have to just take a moment, and I know that a lot of people have been talking about it on Twitter. Katie Lowe's bravo. Like, let's just very quickly... Just when we don't have to talk about it, but think about how her character has developed. Mm-hmm. She has had the most character development, or if we were in high school, she'd be the most improved, or like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Indeed, like, yeah. seriously, like, she is just brilliant. And I loved the scene on the bridge. I know there were parts of it that were a little yucky, <laughs> but the way that she was talking to him, and the basically the way that she's like, oh, oh, so now that you like me, now I don't have to die? Like, now that you want to sleep with me, now I don't have to die? It wasn't the fact that I was a gladiator and all these other reasons. And she's like, when you lift my face, and the way she licked his face, and the way his entire being was loving it. He was mm-hmm. Like, it was dude. worse than when he was talking about whiskey. Mm-hmm. Like, he was there. <laughs> it was better than drilling someone. I loved it. Like, I absolutely loved it, because part of me, and I've been talking online... I need them to go at it. Personally, I don't want them to go at it in an X-rated way. I want Sex them to go, go at, at it. Or a fight way. Maybe, yeah, no. Okay. I mean, Sex. I don't want them to. I, I just don't want to see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to see them have sex. However, do I want to see them fight? Hell yeah. yeah. I want Quinn to bring it. I think it, if they do get to the point where they fight, it's going to be like Mr. and Mrs. Smith where mm-hmm. they fight and yeah. then it's like mm-hmm. passionate. Right. For the simple fact that Quinn can talk this big talk all she wants. She can pull guns out on whoever. When she look, licked the huck, Huck's face and kissed him in the mouth, Quinn, you wanted it. Mm-hmm. Don't. <laughs> and I said to Cornelia, it was getting sloppy. Yeah, it was sloppy. <laughs> he was like, it was sloppy. It was sloppy. She, licked, she enjoyed that side lick and that kiss in the mouth just as much as he did. Mm-hmm. But she understands the power the play. The power play, and she knows that she's in the, the better position. So that's why she did the little kiss in the mouth and stormed off. But Quinn, don't get too. She got in the car and was like rubbing on her face again, like she used to. Well, so better, I don't want to hear it. She better Quinn. watch it because Charlie's moved in, and that man's crazy. Talking he about almost some... killed James in broad daylight, as Kennelly always says. And so <laughs> there's no telling what he's going to do now that Quinn, his boo thing, is 
you know, Skipping having loads. I'm right. Also, can so I say something? That's not his boo thing. That's his girlfriend. Right? I moved no, in let's, so let's you can be clear. That's his apartment. girlfriend. But when did that happen? Right. Well, know. obviously, when you move in with someone, they ain't your boo thing. That is your girlfriend. Like, how did you even get in? Right. Because yeah, the I problem mean, is, Charlie. but it goes back. But it yeah. goes back to what Bam says: know who you're laying with. And and at that moment, you had that that feeling where you felt for Quinn because she's like, oh crap. Do you know what I mean? Like, what what am I gonna do now? Yeah, I don't feel for her. As at well all. as I do, because also too, because my thing is, should she go back to OPA? Because ironically, she is better at B six thirteen. Yeah, she is a better B six thirteen agent than she was at OPA. Because the difference is, Jake, even though there's a start, a slight wanting to get back at Liv, respects her, and that's why she does special projects. Quinn and can't also, go she didn't have but, any special projects but, but at OPA. Quinn, and Quinn can't go to OPA because Abby, that little smart ass mouth that she has, she, she would let she would give Abby Quinn's a new person now. Quinn's not taking shit. So if Abby try and come with those little side comments, she liable to sn- and, snatch her and ball. And I just forgot about this. And did you hear, and this is who I have an issue with, when Olivia was like, she pulled a gun on me. So all the rest of this stuff, you didn't have a problem with Quinn, but just because she pulls a gun on you, now she's not Mm-mm. She's not coming back? Because think about it. Huck was like, I need to pull her back. And basically Olivia's like, forget about her. Because she pulled a gun on you? After you got in her car? All I'm saying, she, even was, be- she shouldn't have pulled the gun. Like, she should have back slapped her. <laughs> Even beyond Quinn, I just think Quinn has nowhere to go because if Quinn does go back to OPA, something's going to happen with Huck. Charlie's going to find out. her t- All her teeth are coming out, then she's dying a slow death. If Charlie finds out about Huck, all her teeth are coming out, she's dying a slow death. So it's like a lose-lose situation. Like, yes. what's she going to do? Charlie's Charlie. watching her. Charlie probably already knows he's playing a game right now. You better kill Charlie. Right? Think about so. it. Nobody cares about Charlie. She needs to run to Huck. Shit. She needs to run to Huck and be like, Huck, I need you to handle Charlie Brown. No, handle she, yourself. Yeah. Handle it yourself. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you all big and bad. You went to B613. Handle it yourself. She can't, though. I don't think she can. I think she, if she, actually, if she, uh, if she truly could, though, I don't think she would have that fear in her eyes. Because even if he uh, came into the apartment, she wouldn't be scared. She's like, okay, so okay. I know what I have to do now. I know Great what I have to point, do. Emil. I don't, I don't think she would be scared. Because why? This whole scenario, the way it played out, like, if she was truly an accomplished B613 agent who could handle that, even, like, telling a lie like that wouldn't phase her. Does that make sense? Like, she and she would know not to switch it up and say that he shoved me, then argue, argue, then shove. Like, it's just little things where if she could truly handle it, she would know how to do the small things. It's just like what they say. Well, I don't know if it's a God thing, but I say, like, God won't give you the bigger things until you he sees, like, how you handle the smaller things. And so it's like one of those things where if she can't even do this, how would she be able to knock off Charlie without, you know? Excellent point. I don't even think it's going to come to the point where Charlie and her will have a standoff because Charlie is, he's a jealous, he's jealous of Huck. (laughs) So it's not even going to come to Quinn and. It would just be Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. Because everything that. that happens, he always takes it back to Huck. Like, well, since Huck is, you know, I have to protect you from Huck and. What did Huck say? And what did he do after this? It's always about him. And then so, he already said, remember, he said, um, if you want me to kill Huck. Yeah. He's ready for it. He's ready. He's ready. <laughs> Huck is the problem for Charlie. He's jealous. I want to see that happen. I really want to see the Huck Charlie thing happen. It's bound to. Adnan. Adnan, Mama Pope. I don't like the story. I don't either. It's boring to oh, me. Oh, and you know what's so funny? I like the Adnan part, but not the mom part. Right. Okay, that's, yeah. Yeah. Right. I I'll really like the Adnan character, and I like, because I need to know the backstory with Harrison. I like the fact that we found out that it wasn't just money laundering or insider trading, that there obviously was something deeper, that he was, quote-unquote, more corrupt than we've perceived him to be. 
Um, I really like that storyline, and I want to see more of it, but I just don't like the Mama Pope part. Yeah. I agree. I'm over Candy. I just want that. I want Harrison's storyline to just come out. They've been. Yeah. Dra- I mean, it's been three seasons, and mm-hmm. even these past couple episodes, you've just been dragging it out. Just tell us now. I don't know if everybody feels that way or. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, well, for me, with this whole storyline, is Olivia was so wrapped up into B six thirteen the um, the the family the family interview. I mean, she literally took Harrison's words, um, didn't really have time to... I mean, she thought for a second... Oh, you think about talking about Adnan granting her immunity? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she didn't go through the normal OPA she, checklist. Yeah. She didn't go through a normal APA uh, to the OPA checklist. And then, for me, I knew something... I knew he should not have, have had sex with her because you just don't turn your back. I don't know, like, could you have done front... Could you do... You know, could you face her the whole time? I just, I'm sorry. They were done though. He was putting his clothes yeah. on though. I just, you don't, you don't turn your back on, on an ex who you haven't seen in Granted, five though, even years. if he had, the, even I'm, if he had the, like if they were facing each other during sex, she could have still grabbed the needle and. And even still, before she came, when he first found out she was coming back, remember how frightened he was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, all of a sudden, because you're getting some, you're not that frightened anymore. He was frightened for a reason. Yeah. So to me, that that alone Agreed. is a little bit abnormal, or mm-hmm. it's it's just it's not adding up he because should, you can't be that scared yesterday and today you like woohoo everything's cool. Remember, in, remember in Harlem Nights when Jasmine guy had the gun in the bed yes. and Eddie Murphy's like, although you're attracted to this woman, you should have a gun or something always with you at uh, at all times in case she's gonna try and kill you after you guys have sex. That's but arguably, I think, and I'm I'm I have to like find some logic with this. It's that to a certain extent. OPA, especially of late, has made everybody, um, um, like loose. Not that's not the right word. Like <laughs> they're, they're rusty. They're rusty, right? <laughs> right? Sorry, bad choice of words. But they're they're rusty. You they know? Loose. Sorry, uh, yes, they're, they're, they're rusty. They're sorry. Loose. So do you know I mean? Think about it. Like his skills aren't sharp. Do you know what I mean? So even the fact that Harrison was so scared and he's like fumbling for Abby's gun. That's sloppy for who they are. Because, again, and correct me if I'm wrong out there, the first time we were introduced to Olivia and, in essence, OPA was when she basically went and got a child back from Russian gangsters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Right? That's our. That was our first introduction to her. She and the rest of OPA, they are gangster. They are gully. They are lawyers who work not at a law firm. They work outside of the law because they wear the white hats. But it means that they go there. We haven't really been seeing that. Why? Because they're so caught up with all of this other BS. Primarily everyone's relationships. Mm-hmm. Sex. Sex and, you know. Lust. Exactly. Really. And, and greed to a certain extent. So I think it's made everybody a little bit rusty. Because arguably, again, Harrison's backstory should lead us to believe he shouldn't have been so silly. Yeah, this season should be called Rusty and Lusty. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't but again, know. I love this episode. What's your mind? It's Mama Pope. I do. Um, um, Mama Pope. There's well, obviously now we know what their motive was. They uh, Adonai was sent into OPA to get the right. to get all the information because obviously they're going to do something uh, to to get inside the White House. Do you? I, I'll. There's moments where I felt Mama Pope. Was gonna kill Adnan. It's just the way she looks at her. 
I think Adnan, it seems like Adnan feels that way. Mm-hmm. It seems like she's, when you're that scared or paranoid or you're just out of your element to the point where you go to Harrison's job and ask him to have his friends help you, <laughs> you and she said she's going to slit my throat. So she she's afraid. My only thing is, going off a little bit off tangent, Rowan, we we know Rowan used to be command, and we know he's you know he's bossy, and he still has connections because clearly he just seems to know everybody. Right. Why don't we just resolve this by Olivia telling Rowan that Mama Pope is somewhere around here, skirting around town, and when that nod came to them and said, "I'm working with her," call Rowan, Daddy, handle it. Get your wife. You handle it. They got beef. They have beef. Olivia has beef with her because. Yeah, she, you know, got the plane for her and she shot the pilot and ended up back in Washington. But tell daddy, daddy, I need you. Mom's here and she's working with her. Do this and for me. And she said me. I'm the help. Right, and she said I'm the help. Daddy, get your wife. <laughs> That's my thing. It's that, to me, it's that simple. Call daddy. Well, we'll see how this plays out. I'm excited to see now that we finally see a little bit of what her motive is. And we see the plans. Clear it's going to be something to do with the White House fits. I don't know, but I'm excited. We'll talk about that in predictions. But let's go to some news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. Fact. Columbus Short was arrested. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to say it as a rumor. I know. Fact. Because, like, <laughs> you know, sometimes media Sorry. take out and websites be posting oh, yeah. stuff yeah. saying, oh, you know, so-and-so is pregnant. But it's um, a sad fact that he was arrested. Um... We all got the text, and I'm, I don't know. And apparently, I wasn't aware of this, but he had a history of, um, of violence. And it says that he could be potentially facing four years in jail. So, I know that scandal just wrapped shooting. They wrap tomorrow, right? Yeah, wrap tomorrow. Oh, he was done. Yeah, they, they better have his storyline yeah. wrapped up. I need to see. not. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Not wrapped up, but I need to get his backstory before the season ends. And I don't want it to be where... God forbid he's not able to do the next season, and then we still don't have a clue. What? <laughs> no, it's a good point. I mean, because I mean, if he, I mean, you know, first of all, I hope everything works out for the brother because yeah. I don't want to see nobody <laughs> in that situation. Right. It's just a, it's a, it's a difficult situation. And he was defending his wife. That's what the reports say. Who knows? But hopefully they do start to go into the storyline while he is in focus. Like, take that aside. Take the, the take the, the situation in his personal life aside. He is in focus now. So, show us the backstory now. Like, yeah. instead of waiting until another opportunity, because this is it now. This is his time. Show us or just leave it alone. Well, I have to say this. There are a gazillion cast members on Scandal and because he got in trouble does not mean that they should hurry up and do something because he got himself in trouble. So let me just say that. Let me just say that. Um, They, you know, they have an agenda. Um, I'm sure they've already started talking. Like, they plan storylines months and months and months in the head. So, you know, it is what it is in in regards to that situation. But I do have to say that um, poor Columbus. I don't know. Yeah. When I would make, when I was making those comments about how I thought he was going to be killed last uh, season, you know, I had already heard through the streets of cer- certain things that was going on, and so I'm just going to be honest. When I heard some of those things going on, and with this going on right now, I was like, oh, "He's a dead duck. He's getting kicked off Scandal, and he's go- he's gone." <laughs> 
trying over here to keep my composure. I'm sorry, but <laughs> scandal it scandal in real life is a scandal free show. Somebody said online that he needs Olivia Pope. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just a bad situation. Okay, and, and I, hopefully he get you know he lands on his feet. I really you know? hope he does because he's one of the most. I don't want to say um. He's just not used enough in the show. And he's a great actor. His character could do some great stuff in the show. I like how we're seeing Quinn's development. I like how... I feel like everybody else has developed. We've seen so much growth from Quinn, from Huck especially. Abby, Abby even with David's story. Mm-hmm. Like, even David, but Harrison still... like Even though we're getting to Adnan's leave, we're still not getting a lot from Harrison. Even Adnan's getting more now than Harrison. So... Well, we'll see. <sighs> you know, well... Keep you in my prayers, brother. Any other news? That's it. Mm-mm. Poor thing. No, but definitely Gladiators. Again, go to gladiatorsunite.com to find out any information. But as always, you can talk to us on Twitter, on iTunes, and YouTube. Because as you can tell here at After Buzz TV, it really is a platform for super fans. And the best way for you to talk to us is to do it by iTunes, YouTube, or Twitter. All right, guys. Predictions. Predictions. Um, Your After Buzz TV predictions. I I predict that hopefully, this is a a wishful prediction that uh, we do get the backstory from Harrison. Um, I also think that Quinn is about to get in some serious trouble. Um, Some teeth are coming out. I want to see some teeth come out. Probably some, you know, have to get dentures. Um, And then. I don't know. I want to see. I might. I've never had a prediction this more once. I want to see what's really going to happen with this uh, Melly Fitz Andrew triangle, which we need to talk about more online because uh, there are a lot of people who are trying to figure out. You know, was Fitz actually angry with her, or was it jealousy, or what exactly was the motivation behind that initial anger? Um, but yeah, continue online. I think this situation will make the Melly and Fitz's relationship a little better. I think now, sometimes, like if if some like if a dog is bad, sometimes some people say you got to bat it on the nose with a newspaper. I think this might be a wake up call to Fitz to say, you know, maybe I need to take a look at my family and adjust and try to go forward with that. So I think it's gonna be. I think we'll see something along those lines. If not, oh well. I'm going to piggyback off of Cornelia's prediction um, and say, because it's kind of something that I've been saying for a while, I need Fitz to be the man in the totality that they all have sacrificed so much for. And arguably, that's putting his family back together in the most traditional sense. I'm going to probably say the exact (laughs) opposite a week from now, but for right now, there's a certain aspect of that that I need to see. Last week, I wondered if Cyrus really killed James, just based off the um, that last conversation that he had with him when they when he was saying goodbye. He was saying goodbye to him like he was going to die, and so I had wondered what maybe. I had wondered if Cyrus maybe really did have something to do or or or, or kill him so I, I wonder if this whole thing is finished if, we, if we're going to hear more with um if we're going to hear more about james's death um just like in typical good uh in a good dramatic uh uh series we they gave a hint of melly getting ready to reveal 
And so now I, I'm almost, I would bet that Melly won't reveal her being raped by Fitz's dad, not till next season. Yeah, I don't see um, it happening. I don't, I don't see it happening anytime soon. And, you know, Harrison, again, um, I'm sorry, but he's, he's on, he's on punishment. So he's, he's not, I, I think he's gone. You, but you always think Harrison's gone. I hope he's not gone. I hope. I mean, I hope he's not gone either. And and well, I'll, I'll say that I'll say what I have to say on Twitter about um, about that situation because I know how sometimes people can provoke and say things to you when you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen it firsthand with my job. But um, I don't know. But wow. hopefully we'll get some closure with him before. Um, these last three episodes i hope so great predictions guys great episode great after show where can we find you guys on twitter and you can, youtube and everything ladies first i feel like i'm hogging Go ahead. oh i like when it goes that way oh, okay you can find me at bam erickson on uh, twitter and instagram and you can find me on twitter at sophia stanley at twitter instagram facebook at canelia and you can find me at emil and it's junior on twitter youtube or facebook instagram and whatever else. And then on YouTube uh, <laughs> at Chasing LA, I promise more videos are coming soon. Guys, also don't forget Hulu.com slash AfterBuzz for the Hulu Plus free trial. Two weeks. Make sure you check it out. Hulu Plus is amazing. We will be here same time next week. We love you guys and keep gladiating in your normal lives. Gladiating, is that a word? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gladiate away. Yes. Mm-hmm. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. (laughs) Oh, you just got a haul. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.